Hello, Internet. Welcome to the Game Boys podcast, where we talk to people we know about games that they play. Um, I'm your host, Lux, and I am with, as always, coming straight out of his laboratory in the mountains of Latveria, it's Griffin Davis. Wait, what is that a reference to? Uh, Marvel Comics. Marvel Comics? Yeah, I'm fascinated. Doctor Doom. Yeah, Doctor Doom's from Latveria. King of Latveria? No, he's the Baron. He's the Baron. Baron Victor Von Doom. Yes. Um, I was expecting a an Oscars reference, and, and that's I what I was wa- I didn't geared watch up them for. Is the actual thing that happened. <laughs> I was I was thought about looking at them to think of a good joke, but I was like, I just don't care. Doctor, I don't know. It's a a straight, straight out of a fish tank in a weird laboratory. It's Griffin Davis. Explain <laughs> yeah, that, and if you want, Anyways, yeah, we'll do that one later. It's Griffin. We're here. Mm-hmm. Griffin, how are you doing? I've been good, man. So you, I, you just you didn't watch the Oscars? No, but I I heard about Gary Oldman won for that movie I hated, and um, Get Out didn't win the one I wanted to. So that's enough. Uh, it's all I know. Yeah, but Get Out like won the internet. So yeah, that seems like the more important prize. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, well, things are good. Things are good. I had uh, too many espresso martinis last night. Well, two is too many. I honestly, it sounds like any is too many. <laughs> that yeah. sounds gross to me. They were not good. <laughs> I don't know why I drank two. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't even know why you finished one. Um, I think it's because the bartender was like a really nice guy, so I just wanted to encourage him. And he really loved his, his espresso martinis. So yeah, he, he was, was like... He was so into it that I got into yeah, it. Yeah, you were just like, I want you to work what you love. <laughs> so I, I'm getting another one. Um, I'm throwing up outside in a minute. Um, you, you did the, and then more importantly, though, I, I did watch Jigsaw last night. And uh, uh, oh my God, it was just so boring. Yeah, did you watch my video about it? Uh, well, no, that's what I was going to mention is you did the philosophy of Jigsaw, and yeah. I just, I don't know how you pulled that out of it's your It's a ass. surprisingly <laughs> deep, it's actually a surprisingly compelling episode. I didn't write it. Amanda wrote it. She's very uh-huh. smart. Um, yeah. I just directed it, and it was fun. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it the, the movie basically is a giant fake version of Get Out, or not Get Out, of No Exit, rather, the opposite of Get Out. Of, of No Exit. Yeah, okay. the Sartre play. But, um, look, nerds who are listening, if you want to listen, I'm not going to explain it here because I did a video explaining it. You go to Wisecrack on YouTube and look for the philosophy of Jigsaw and you can learn all about this shit. It's going to be way better than the movie because I, I walked out. Like, I mean, it was in my living room, but I walked out of my living room. <laughs> you walked out of your living room? You're like, I'm not said, going out no, there until this movie's no over. I demanded a refund, but no one was there. You um, yelled at your television? Um, well, so Griffin watched a bad movie. I've been doing nothing but smoking weed and playing video games as per usual. And our guest today uh, has probably done both those things and more. Uh, welcome to the show uh, today, comedian and all-around kind man. It's Neve Brook. Hi. Yeah. It's me. It's it's Neve. It's him. I'm the person here. you introduced. I like that you introduced him by doing all of those things. So the things that he's done is watched Jigsaw, played video games, and smoked weed. I actually meant watched a bad movie and like the Oh, watched a bad movie. I don't sure, sure. want to be as specific as to say to... I don't want to like... Uh, impinge anyone's reputation by suggesting i think they would watch jigsaw by choice i have not watched jigsaw by choice <laughs> or against my choice yet. yeah well that covers both of us I that should be like one of the tortures in the next jigsaw movie is that they they have to watch the movie jigsaw oh that would be very good that would be scarier than some of these tortures because i like some of the tortures was like we're filling up your room with corn grain 
and then dropping well, pitchforks. On yeah, they do drop pitchforks. Yeah, but is like, is it still like a metaphor for like a sin they've committed the, in their previous life? It, Just did they barely. do something to corn grain? Oh no, 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 no! Like I, I, yeah, I wish they would like try and like translate the metaphor, but no, it's like you're a bad person. Now we're just gonna throw anything at you. Okay. Like it has nothing to do with now their some knives. Yeah, there's like not a specific thing attached to their two, sin. It's just revealed the that they're bad during the, the corn grain. Have specific ones. Um, specific ones but then everyone else's are totally random and like the movie's not about their sins it's about like how they won't confess to their sins which leads to these weird scenes where it's like if you just tell them you you killed that lady you, no one has to die and then she's like no i won't and then everyone's like, well, <laughs> yeah. Gonna die. yeah yeah that was ridiculous and he um, already but, told us you killed a lady so like what do you have to lose um well, speaking of bad movies what's your oscars take neve Oscars were last night. You want a hot Oscars take? I want it sizzling. I I got my oven mitts. I'm just happy that Three Billboards didn't win Best Picture. It was like (laughs) anything but Three Billboards was my going into the Oscars, and they didn't win Best Picture. So I'm, I was moderately impressed with just the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science. (laughs) Good for you guys. That awful, awful racist movie didn't win. I was extremely worried that it was going to win. Especially when Sam Rockwell won. I saw a tweet that Sam Rockwell won Best Supporting Actor. I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, his performance is good. You yeah, know, the character's he terrible. A, he did a good job being a racist. <laughs> it sucks that, like, nothing bad happened to him in the movie, but he didn't write it. Like, yeah. he, just, he just, like, goes back to his wife and kids. Like, that's all that happens to him. Well, no, he, like, goes back to his, like, shitty mom that's Mac's mom from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing that yeah, Max Ball from His Always Sunny is in an Oscar-winning movie yeah, it's playing Sam Rockwell's mom. Yeah, it's pretty miraculous all around. Um, also, it's the same character. It's just like shitty mom. <laughs> Mac walks in at some point and goes, oh, this isn't my scene, and yeah. leaves. No, I thought this was my mom's, I thought this was my mom's house. Sam Rockwell's character. <laughs> This like is all look, within the universe. You look and sound a lot like my... That would be so... If, if I think I'm from now on just going to operate on the assumption that Three Billboards and Always Sunny are in a shared like Marvel-style <laughs> cinematic universe. One day, one day Francis well, McDormand's going to meet like Dennis and, and have then, a real... It's going to be a real mess. And then Charlie Day's going to come in and be like, I have all these giant robots. <laughs> You're like, help me with these kaiju. In this kaiju. It's a huge mess coming March 22nd, uh, new Pacific Rim. That, that one looks kind of cool. It kind of looks like Power Rangers. Like It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. You, you put know. a couple it's people colorful. in a cool I like the first one. Aliens. Yeah. It, it looks it, I mean, it probably won't be good, mm-hmm. but it's the kind of movie that we're willing to give it a shot. That's mm-hmm. what the marketing tells me. It's like, I'm willing to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I know it probably yeah. won't be good, but I'm not going to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's just one of those movies that I watch it, and I'm going to be like, that was fucking so good. And then I'm going to leave and think about it for like 20 minutes and be like, that wasn't that good. The trick um, is to just never think. Yeah, I know. Well, you got that one down, but I got you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've uh, mastered that since I know. I, I envy you that power so so much more than you can understand. Um, um, so, Neve, tell us what, uh, what, what do you get up to? What have you been up to? What's going on with you, man? Yeah, and let's talk more about Need for a little bit. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sketch writer here in L.A. Uh, I do a lot of stuff at the Pack Theater, which is an awesome, uh, relatively new uh, comedy theater 
in Hollywood and we've got like an awesome sketch program that I've been like directing shows and writing for shows and acting shows there. Uh, if you're ever in Hollywood, uh, just come down and see a show there. They're all really good. And I've had a fucking meeting every day for a show <laughs> there for the last like two weeks. And I have like one more week of that. Then I'm on break for a week and then it all starts again. Neve is the man that does a hundred things in the theater. He produces too many shows. Yeah. Um, and he just recently did a uh, the show uh, the Pack Academy Awards. Yeah, I did. I did a. I did just my own version of the Oscars, where I just <laughs> like hired my friends to pretend to be celebrities. And we handed awards to each other. And apparently, like uh, what Neve was talking about earlier about this is that you know they they were having fun in the writers' room, but then when they put it live, like the audience kind of turned on some of the material or wasn't well, down with some of the just, material. All we did was we just had a bunch of rapists handing awards awards. <laughs> Other, which is what the Academy Awards are. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's funny. I think calling attention to the hypocrisy of the whole system is funny. But when we're doing an award show where Gary Oldman's talking about beating the shit out of his wife while accepting an award, people are like, oh, I didn't know he did that. Now I'm sad during a comedy show that he's a bag just like the rest of them. Oh, I learned something sad today. Yeah, that was... My main note for most of the segments was we just learned sad truths about Hollywood. Ooh, yeah, well, that'll, uh, yeah, I can see, I think that's a great bit, but I can see how people who come to a comedy show and then are confronted with that might not have, like, the well, best time. What was the closing number again? Oh, the closing number was Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein singing This Is Me. From the greatest Whoa. showman. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Seems like the yeah. perfect crossover. Yeah, because it's like you have to accept everyone. That's the theme of that song. Even the freaks and the monsters. <laughs> oh I'm glad that God. you took uh, you 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 yeah, you guys are on the same page with that song. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. By the way, that the performance of that song last night, fucking incredible. Fucking incredible performance of This Is Me at the Oscars. Oh, I didn't see it. That's... Oh my god. I've never been so pumped up watching an award show in my life. <laughs> That's just the perfect song to be like, yeah. Like, it didn't win because, like, Remember Me in Coco does such a better job of, like, being a great song that's integral to the movie. Mm -hmm. But if people had voted after the performances of the yeah, Oscar, it this, this is me would have won by landslide. Like people were clapping in the <laughs> audience, like during the song. People were dancing to it. It was amazing. No, that song has a certain that, um that, that song has a certain quality to it where it's like I've only seen the trailer and I will sing the song just yes. from the trailer, like walking around. And the movie is garbage. The movie is garbage <laughs> up until this is me. This is me is a great song and then it's garbage up until the ending credits There's and then I assume they probably play this is me again during the ending credits <laughs> there's no other good songs uh no there isn't it's just that there's one song between like fucking Zac Efron and Hugh Jackman mm -hmm. at a bar that's just like oh you guys tried really hard in this song <laughs> and I commend it for that because that's not the case for most of the movie but this is me is the only like song I remember. I love um, yeah. I, I love a good no one in the movie is trying very hard movie. Um, just so, so it's fun uh, to know that other people sometimes don't do their best. 
Sure, yeah. Or like when it's like when you see an actor that's like, oh, they tried really hard to learn tap dancing and they didn't quite get it, but like you you could tell they did three weeks. Yeah, that's admirable. I like it more when they're just like, I didn't bother to learn to do tap dancing because like who gives a shit about this movie? And it's like sometimes I do that with like my job. You know. Well, bef- before Sorry, this Jared. podcast becomes a full blown uh, musical podcast, I think we should ta- start talking um, about the game that I'm very excited to talk about uh, that Neve brought in. But first, uh, let's get into a little history about this game. Drop that track. When we think of the 1990s, we remember the big hits the Hubble Space Telescope, Denim Suits, Operation Desert Storm. But the 90s greatest impact occurred not in the war zones of Kuwait, but in the bedrooms of children. Yeah, I'm talking of course about educational computer games. The 90s were indeed a renaissance of children's games with hits like Freddy Fish, Pajama Sam, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, Kid Picks, and The Secret of Monkey Island. In 1996, Broderbund Software, I guess that's how you say that, uh, threw their hat in the ring with a lovable group of blue creatures called Zumbinis. The series focuses on the titular Zumbinis, each with different appearances and personalities, which the player must guide through strange, puzzle-filled lands on a point-and-click adventure. It quickly grew a rabid fan base and released two sequels and later a remaster that is divisive amongst its hardcore fans. This week, the Game Boys go back to school with The Logical Journey of the Zumbinis. I love this game. I will defend every little detail of this game. It's the best children's educational game ever made, and it'll never be topped. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, well let's, uh, why don't you start us off with that? Like, what, why? It, 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 it's, it's an educational game that doesn't take on, like, subjects you'd learn in school. It doesn't teach you history. It doesn't teach you math. It's not math blast or anything like that. It is logic puzzles. It teaches kids how to think, and it is fucking hard as hell. Yes, it is hard as hell. It I is would agree. Extremely <laughs> challenging to the point where if you, when you get to the hard diff, the, the, there's four difficulty levels. There's the easy. The second difficulty is hard. The third difficulty is like so so hard, and the fourth difficulty is very very hard. I have progressed to the fourth difficulty on all of the levels in the game, and some of them I just have no idea how to beat. They are extremely difficult, and I, it impresses me that someone put these puzzles in a game for children. <laughs> like, this person clearly has high expectations for children and their logical deductive ability. It's the same general uh, from uh, Ender's Game made this game, yes. I think. Whoever, whoever gets all the Zumbinis to Zumbiniville just gets put in charge of the United States military. And then commits a genocide against the Zumbinis. Yeah. So yeah, this game is it was surprisingly difficult. I played it on... um on uh like the one below the hardest difficulty like mm-hmm. one notch yeah. down and like i was able to solve them because i'm like an adult an adult person but like i feel like this is a monster turned loose on a child <laughs> well the way the game progresses is, so how the game progresses you can go to practice mode and you can go to any difficulty for any puzzle but the way the game progresses is you basically have to get a perfect score on like a run of three puzzles three times before it automatically progresses you to the next difficulty. So kids are dumb. They probably don't even keep track of progression. So if they're constantly having trouble with a difficulty level, then they'll always stay at that difficulty level until they've mastered it. And then they will progress the hardest. So like I played this game as a kid. 
I don't remember how far I got, but I, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, I was, I always kept playing it until I, like, had figured out the puzzle, and then it would introduce me to a harder puzzle. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. I so, think... the game does not inflict on children puzzles they're not ready for it. Wait, until you get to the extremely hard where it inflicted on me as an adult puzzles I wasn't ready for. Because the extremely hard, like, there's one... And with modern gaming, I'm kind of used to, like, oh, if I'm stuck on something, I can go online and find, like, a complete description of how to beat anything. There is very little online documentation about this game. I found, like, (laughs) one, like, text file of a strategy guide someone wrote in 1998 that was just like, oh, and then it gets really hard at the end, and with (laughs) no other explanation. So some of of them, I I, I managed to get the end, but some of the puzzles I just brute force trial and error and hope I don't leave any Zubinis behind. By like, because at a certain point, if you fail too many times, you leave some of your CBNs behind. Yeah, um, I thought that was brutal, actually. Um, right. Yeah, like, so like before, like getting into that sadness, like I couldn't get past the first level. <laughs> that all right? That's an issue for because the first level is designed for small children. Yeah, How many puzzles did you go? Through? I was, I was just in, like, I was. I don't know what happened, but I was every, I couldn't figure out what the patterns were. Like the patterns were so confusing. Which to me. puzzle was this? I think I know which like, one it was. Even, like, to the pizza troll? Yeah, oh, the pizza one was obvious because okay. the pizza one's just like he's gonna yell at you until you do the combination that he does not explain. Yes. Um, but the first one crossing the bridges, like there's no rhyme or reason to me why. The, the easy you figure out what the bridge is allergic to. Maybe it's allergic to like blue noses or pink oh, shoes. Oh, so you it's, were just it's about brute forcing it. Yeah. You're just random. I was just tossing them down the bridge. Just throwing zumbinis <laughs> at a bridge, no regard. I didn't realize it was based on zumbini type. Yeah, yeah, that's like everything. Eighty percent of the puzzles are based on what the zumbinis look like. So uh, when you start out, uh, this is crazy that I'm having a child's game explained to me on the podcast right now. Um, I knew this was going to be Should embarrassing. We explain the concept of this game and how it starts out. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So this game opened story wise in Zumbini Island, where these creatures called zumbinis, which are these little blue beans. With a face and shoes and no mouth, which is a thing. And they're living on Zubini Island, and it's their perfect paradise. And then they get invaded by sea by these creatures called the Bloats. The Bloats. And they put all the Zubinis into a concentration camp. Oh, my God. And your goal in the game is to sneak the Zubinis <laughs> a certain number at a time, maybe it's 20, out of Zubini Island, where they're on concentration camps. Uh-huh. Get them past nine puzzles. Uh-huh. To Zumbiniville, which is yeah. the promised land the promised of Israel. Land. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Uh, and uh, your goal over the course of the progression of the game is there's a certain number, like maybe 300 Zumbinis, mm-hmm. and 20 at a time, you have to get them all to Zumbiniville out of the concentration It's camps. basically like an exodus. Yeah. Yes, it's an exodus story. It's an exodus story. <laughs> I didn't, so do you think the metaphor of, of, of is, is what they intended? I, I, I mean, <laughs> I think they... They intended something. I don't know if they thought about the ramifications of telling this story to children. I mean, it's, but it was like, this is a good framework for a kid's game. Just put them in concentration camps and take them to the promised land. Yeah, it's just like, you know, it's as, um, so uh, Danny, our previous guest on the show, was actually over here earlier today and saw me playing this game and was like, what is this deal? And I explained everything you just said, Neve. 
and he was like, oh, so you play as Moses. Yeah, um, it's a Moses story. Yeah, it's a Moses. <laughs> and it's like a if Moses you don't simulator. solve the puzzles correctly, the Zumbinis get sent back to the concentration camp unless you get past the first checkpoint, and then they get sent to like a camp checkpoint. Yeah, like a chill yeah. campfire. Okay, so I got to that campfire, but then okay. once I got to the campfire, I was like, "Wait, I have to do all those horrible puzzles well, again?" Because you left some Zumbinis behind, yeah. and you need like a full set of Zumbinis to progress. So if I just got those sixteen Zumbinis, could I progress just with those, or do I have to bring yes. all six hundred or whatever? Like, basically, once you're at the campsite. Like, you could bring in more Zumbinis, and if you leave some behind, you combine the surviving Zumbinis from your first run to the surviving Zumbinis from the second run, and then you could progress. You don't have to get a perfect uh, game to progress. Mm -hmm. You just will have to do it twice if it's not perfect. Okay. And then the extra Zumbinis live in, like, a weird shelf. At the camp yeah, there's site. like a shelf at the camp where all the Zumbinis that got left behind during puzzles will wait, and therefore you'll always have them to like fill in for other Zumbinis once you have to progress through a camp. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. So I want to. So now we've established like how this game starts. I want to go back to Griffin's experience of this. Which was the? Where did you? What was the puzzle you got to? Because I got a text well, from you. So here's it what seems happened. It's like you didn't understand that 80% of the puzzles yeah. are based on what the I had, I, I, I was just like, what I thought was like, for the bridge one, for example, I didn't know it was based on type. I thought it was like, oh, like, there's a rhythm. Like, sometimes this bridge will work, sometimes that, and then you have to go back and forth or something. I was so, so confused. So the Zumbinis have different looks that you choose yeah. at the beginning of the game. Right. They have, like, five different hairstyles, five different eye styles, yeah. five different nose styles, and five different feet styles. Uh-huh. And about 80% of the puzzles are basically solving puzzles based on how they look. Guys, I'm going to go back and crush this game now. <laughs> <laughs> but there was, one, there was one Griffin. So I woke up this morning and I texted Griffin. And I was like, maybe it's just that I'm like extremely lit, but I'm loving these Zumbinis. Uh-huh. Um, and Griffin responded, I'm extremely frustrated with this one level. <laughs> Um, and I just wanted you were like, and it like, was level one. It was the crossroads. Which one was the crossroads? After the bridge. No, so the crossroads is like you can go left or right, and they're they're like basically what happened was I brute forced my way without understanding <laughs> any of the puzzles through like the first three things, and was like this is a slog. And then I got to the campfire, and they're like you need sixteen, and you have to do this all over again. And I was like no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's where I stopped. Oh, but now I think I might go back and try a little bit more. Yeah, it's yeah. really fun. Uh, is is it? Because like for oh. me, like this is what I mentioned in the intro is like I I like the kind of like uh, kids learning games where it's like not like this, but more like pointy and clicky, like like Pajama Sam and stuff. Like those were my jam back in the day. Like, but those weren't really those those were basically like graphic arts adventure games that were easy for kids. They yeah. didn't really teach anything outside of kind of loose problem solving but mm-hmm. you get that same kind of problem solving from like a monkey island or grim fandango but those were like simplified versions mm-hmm. of those point and click adventure games that's fair i guess i could then i just like more adventure games because i'm an idiot <laughs> there was like, well there was a little bit of learning right like i have the same memory of being a kid and spy fox being like you gotta find some drachma and i was like the fuck is a drachma and my mm-hmm. parents were like it's, so you... it's money from greece Okay. And I was like, oh, that's a, a lesson I've learned today. So, you know, guess you don't learn I, nothing I played from these games. The, the games I remember the most are the putt-putt games, and the best I can remember education was 
there was like a color puzzle. Like, let's find the thing that's red and like. Well, like Kid Picks and Jumpstart were kind of more educational. Like the typing one, Jumpstart. Yeah, remember that typing one? Typing ones. There was Math Blaster, which were math like math Blaster. games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was like. I guess Oregon Trail is considered an educational game. I don't know what you're learning in Oregon Trail, except maybe history. Yeah, life is death. You're learning to like, <laughs> make sure never to get Gerardia. It's like the big <laughs> takeaway from that game for me. Is um, that I don't want to die of a stomach illness. But people love this game. You know, people, there's a lot of fans. I was reading the Steam reviews of the remaster, and people were talking how much they loved it. Uh, well, not the remaster, but they, how much they loved the original Why game. Pe- I like the remaster. I don't understand the criticism of it. It's like, the original game does look really good for the time. Like, it had really solid animation, solid art. Uh, there's a sequel to the game called Zumbini's Island, or Zumbini's mountain adventure there's two sequels yeah yeah and for the second one they tried to do 3d graphics and there's 3d graphics in the 90s so it just looks awful compared to like the gorgeous graphics of the first 2d game the classic final fantasy 7 enigma yeah Yeah. we talk about in the show all the time because i think about it all the time but uh i think the remaster looks really good you can play it on modern operating systems and you can play it on ipad and android tablets Mm mm-hmm so I think I think it looks great. I certainly wouldn't get be able to get the game to work on my current computer with the original version. So I'm I'm very happy with the remaster. Yeah, it seems like it, it, it and it plays it plays really well. I um it looks good and I just thought it was so I like the background voice, like the random man. Oh my god. Who's just like, You've done a great job saving the Zumbini. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like you've done it. You've <laughs> made it to Zumbiniville. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, like I don't know if I'll ever make it to Zumbiniville, guys. Like Once we explain to you that all the puzzles are about their appearance, you should be able to make it on the easiest difficulty to Zumbiniville. Yeah, I don't. I will be severely disappointed in you, Griffin, if you can. There was this reminds me of like when I used to play RPGs when I was a kid and didn't know you could level up stats. So I'd be like brute force my way through like at like a, like a level one character and be like, this game is so hard, but fuck it. What the. I think I played through, like, 50% of the original Kingdom Hearts before realizing I could, like, upgrade things or, like, put stats and stuff. Yo, dude. Which is impressive, it's I think. It's impressive. Well, it, it, speaks to, it speaks to, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, that, like, I play a lot more RPGs, and, and you know that you, you have a sort of, like, technical gaming acumen that I don't have, whereas maybe I'm a little more suited for, like, the planning ahead character construction stuff. And so, yeah, like, you, were raised, you were raised on inventory I management. I was raised on that shit. It's in my blood. But, um... <laughs> No, like, I think that it makes sense that, like, you could play through Kingdom Hearts just on, like, you're good at video games, your way through, like, half of it and not level up at all. Um, but it's and also honestly, extremely at silly. the hardest difficulty of Zubinis, I'm doing the same thing. I'm brute forcing the bridge level because the bridge level I don't understand on the hardest difficulty. Oh, so then, okay, it. so what, so, so for instance, like, <laughs> the bridge level, how does that get harder? All right. All right. How so do they he, make it harder Here's then? the bridge level for people who don't understand. You, you have a pile of Zumbinis. They all have different facial features, different hairstyles, different feet. And they approach two bridges, uh, two rope bridges. And on the cliff side, there's two faces. And you put the Zumbini of one of the two rope bridges. And the face will either let the Zumbini through or sneeze, which blows the Zumbini back. And one of the pegs in the bridge falls out. And there's like 
four or five pegs. So like once those pegs are gone, the bridges fall down and the Zumbinis on the other side just have to go back to the, their concentration camp, <laughs> which is pretty sad. So devastating um, every time. So like first level, you like tr- you try the first few and you know it's like oh this guy this bridge is allergic to the zumbini with like a ponytail mm-hmm. and sunglasses and blue nose and pink shoes so, so something you think okay one of those things he's sure. allergic to and you think, let's check if it's the blue nose you put someone else in you put another yeah, a yeah, blue yeah. nose there if it is there's if 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 he's like not allergic to blue nose mm-hmm. then you know it's not it's another thing process of elimination you figure out what it is mm-hmm. and you just split them Later on, it becomes, like, two different things each one's allergic to. Oh. Later on, it becomes, like, three different things. And when it gets to the fourth one, I honestly can't figure out any rhyme or reason as to what these cliffsides are allergic to. Yeah, yeah and it's so, pu- like, it's so punishing. Like, it's like I, a I, combination. Like, they're allergic to sunglasses uh-huh. with roller skates or something like that. And, and like, uh, yeah. people in the Steam reviews are talking about this and how slow the Zumbinis move. Like, it was such, so punish for me, it was such a punishing experience to just keep on getting it wrong and, like, have to wait for these slow Zumbinis to walk back to their positions there and then try again. There are animations, which like, were in the oh. original. Like, uh, like when that guy wanted me to make the pizzas for him, <laughs> I was just like, just tell me what pizza you want and I'll make you that pizza. Don't make me make five pizzas. We should talk like, about the pizza troll because the pizza yeah. troll is probably the most iconic puzzle of this game. Yeah. It's the third <laughs> level. I think it's the one everyone remembers because it's such a great character. Who is the pizza troll? <laughs> he is a tree stump that lives next to a pizza making machine. Yeah. And he sits there yeah. and he waits <laughs> for war refugees to come to him. <laughs> and he says, make me a pizza. And he doesn't tell you what kind of pizza he wants and, to make. And, his gu- and you have to guess. Well, it's important you to guess. To talk, yeah, it's important to talk about how you guess. Because like, it's not just that you guess, it's that if you give him one he doesn't like, he'll be like, no, one of these ingredients has got to go. Or like yell yeah, crazy. Yeah. Or he'll just yell or for like, more more, 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 more. He'll either see more, 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 or he'll say one of these things I don't like. And if you give him a pizza he doesn't like enough, he will start kicking the Zumbinis back to their concentration camp. <laughs> He will kick them, they will fly off the screen, and they'll be waiting for you at Zumbini Island, waiting for the next boat to leave. Oh my god. It's pretty horrible what this pizza troll, who has a pizza-making machine, he can operate it himself. He can make his own pizza. No. And and the progression is, level one is one guy, it's one pizza troll, and then level two, it's two pizza trolls. He's like a female pizza troll, and then there's like a, who's like kind of bitchy and mean. Oh no. And then there's like a third shy pizza troll. And he's like, I'm "I'm sorry, but that pizza's not okay. I'm so sorry to bother you, but he will still like fuck you back to the island. If you don't get the things. And, like, in layer levels, they had ice cream and different ice cream toppings, which I don't get, like, uh-huh. pizza and ice cream is now what they want. It's a good, that's uh, a good and they had more toppings. Food. Uh, the pizza troll is a pretty clear puzzle. I feel like it's pretty easy to grasp. I can beat it on its hardest difficulty. You kind of have to, like, process of elimination, figure out what each pizza troll likes and build them each their perfect pizza. Usually gives you enough tries where if you use a correct strategy, 
you're always gonna get it, but if you use the strategy slightly wrong, you're probably gonna lose one or two Zumbinis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, that that's always the most memorable because that pizza troll is such an iconic character. Like, yeah, he just stands in the road like an kid, asshole. You're always gonna remember, there's something on like that I don't like. Oh, like that was the the voice part. acting so good on him. That, yeah, that I was, was gonna be like, what lesson is this teaching we children <laughs> to be like to be incredibly demanding and then be very upset when you don't get your way. Well to be fair, I don't think the game really positions the pizza troll as like a role model. As a hero. <laughs> You're not supposed to look at the pizza troll and be like, that's who I wanna be. It's not like an aspirational thing. <laughs> that's figure. who I wanted to be as a kid. The pizza troll. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, surprise me, and I'll get mad surprise at you it's not the pizza I want to eat. Yeah, it is kind I of like this weird attitude of like, yeah, I'm cool with whatever. What the fuck is this? Right. And it's like yeah. dealer's choice, but like, don't get it wrong. It's like dealer's choice, but I'm going to throw this in your fucking face if you don't give me a goddamn pineapple mushroom yeah. jalapeno pizza with no cheese. With no cheese. Later on, there's a recurring theme of characters saying like, I don't care what you do, and then punishing you harshly. Later on, there's a there's a riverboat level, right, I was about where to there's like that. a weird frogman who has a riverboat with seats, and the Zumbinis have to sit in seats where they are always next to someone with a similar feature to them. Yeah, uh, this is one of the this is one of the rare games where it's actually easy to con because you get to build your Zumbinis at the beginning of the game. So you can just make all your Zubinis for a playthrough have blue noses, and then this one's a cakewalk, because yeah. everyone has blue noses. But when when you enter this puzzle, the guy always says, Oh, sit wherever you want to, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. And then if they sit in the wrong place, he like stomps on the raft, mm-hmm. and then they like fly in the air and go in the water. <laughs> and what's interesting about this one, this one, it never forces you to fail. Like there's uh-huh. never a point where Zubinis get sent back. Uh-huh. But there is a point where you can just choose to continue if you don't want to continue the puzzle. Like, if it gets too hard, you can just be like, fuck it. The Zumbinis, I can't fit on this boat. You're staying behind. There are like, a couple He'll pu- wait forever, but, like, it gives you the option to give up on some of your Zumbinis. There are a couple puzzles like that. I was going to say, there are a couple puzzles where the, like, leave and move on option, like, engages before you, like, get everyone across. And you can just, like, decide to bail on some Zumbinis. Which I did by mistake, and it was real heartbreaking <laughs> when I did it. I didn't know what happened. I was like, oh, I get it. You're like, oh, the progress buttons. Yeah, it's green. green. So that means I can hit it, like, and only two Zumbinis get through. Exactly <laughs> what happened. And I was like, no, I've condemned, like, 15 Zumbinis to, like, another month in the camps. Like, ugh, it's heartbreaking. But it's, do, you, do we get to experience these bloats again? No, yeah. the bloats never show up. There are They're like the Germans another... in Dunkirk. Yeah. <laughs> sure. The bloats stay on Zumbini Island. They're actually only in the opening cutscene. We never... And they just come on boats. Uh-huh. They're just like weird colonists that mm-hmm. come on boats. They're only in the opening cutscene, mm-hmm. never show up. There is another evil species called the Fleens that show up. Oh, yeah. They're kind of like evil cousins of the Zumbinis. Okay. They're in one puzzle. That's my but favorite But I think puzzle. they're just in one puzzle. The Fleens puzzle is really fun. Mm-hmm. That's my Because that's where... There's, like, all these fleens, they're basically evil versions of Zubinis. Mm-hmm. They have similar things where they have different hairstyles, eyes, nose, and feet. And, uh, they're, like, stand, they're, like, th- three or four, they're all standing, like, on cliffs. 
and then three or four of them are standing on a beehive. Mm -hmm. And you need to get the four on the beehive to jump down from the beehive, because then the bees get angry and chase all of them away. Mm -hmm. But the fleens will only chase the Zumbini that's like their evil twin or good twin. So you have to figure out, okay, which hair matches to the fleen hair, which nose matches fleen nose. That's for the easy difficulty. In hard difficulties, the Zumbini like eyes will match the fleen's hair, and the Zumbini nose will match the fleen's feet. So it becomes more challenging to figure out how the Zumbinis match the fleen. Well, look up these fleens. And that's a degree, these that's a degree of abstract like. thinking that I actually think is like really cool to see in a kids game. Um, that's also a favorite puzzle, is because it really actually depends on you like thinking about things in like a way more conceptual way, and like being like. It, Oh, eyeballs are, can match with uh, Gordy LaForge glasses from Star Trek. Yeah, the, the all, a lot of these puzzles like kind of teach you similar spatial reasoning skills that you'd see on like an IQ test or something like that. It's all like all these ways is like, oh, I I learned how to identify the fleas when the hair matches the hair, when the eyes match the eyes. Like it teaches you the basics first. And then it says, now can you think outside the box? Can you think of a different way that this puzzle will work? Mm -hmm. And it does a good job, like, incrementally upping the difficulty while already have explained to you the basics. You're never, if you're dumped on the final Fleens puzzle, having no idea what it is, you're just going to be confused and you're mm -hmm. going to try to brute force it. But because you went through the easy, medium, and hard difficulties... You're going to know what to do once you get the very hard difficulty. And that is, that's one of the puzzles that is solvable and very hard. Yeah. Some of them I have not figured out the solution. Like, mm -hmm. they did not do a good job of preparing me <laughs> yeah. for very hard. <laughs> yeah, I was even shocked that even in the beginning levels, there wasn't any kind of big blocky text just to lead you yeah. through the first couple. Yeah, it's, there's no tutorials There's no tutorial. The it's, it's just so good luck. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. like that a lot. You just have like to, like, dive in and figure it out. Yeah, and kids have to figure it out, and it's like, I think there's a little question mark in the corner that you can click, and it'll give you, like, a broad yeah. sense of, like, this is generally the ideas that we're playing with in this puzzle, but for the most part, it's like, this is just a puzzle, you figure it out, you play in the sandbox and figure out what the solution is. Yeah. I actually are. like the question mark box a lot, because it always has that text at the bottom that's like, you have all the necessary information to figure this out, you just need to, like, put it together, you ding-dong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, to an adult, extremely condescending, but I feel like to a kid, really motivating. Yeah, like, there's the whole thing today where people, like, complained about tutorials, now they're too easy, and back in the 90s, like, games didn't have tutorials, you could read the instruction booklet, and there would be clues in there, but mm -hmm. that, you're just dumped into the game. Wait, mm -hmm. speaking of instruction booklets, it's kind of a tangent, but do you guys, you are y'all aware that there was a home improvement video game that was made in the 90s? No. Okay. I'm not aware, but it doesn't shock okay. me. So that exists. <laughs> like, I am, I'm already picturing like just a like a 380p video of Tim Allen like introducing the game. Yeah, I mean, like this is my platformer. Yeah. Or I, or I jump. Like, hey, welcome to Home Improvement. Time for you to gather all this wood, and then he does not show up again for the rest of the game. That's pretty much how it goes. But he like so you have to like jump from platform to platform, like throw hammers at stuff or whatever. And okay. it's a 2D side scroller. Yeah. And you know, it's got the whole like you got all the sound effects, like the and all that. <laughs> um, but then that's every sound effect. Every sound effect is personally voiced by Tim Allen. Yeah, it's also like I can't tell was that a good thing that happened or a bad thing? It's all just yeah, it's the only sound effect. You jump and it's just You like, leveled up. You jump, game over. Yeah, but then the key 
is that in the the, the game manual it says instructions on the front and if you open it it's only one page and it says real men don't need instructions awesome that's Which awesome the funniest <laughs> most tim allen ass bullshit i've ever heard in my goddamn life like what a fucking idiot but yeah i i, I sorry that's just a, a tangent i always think when i think about instruction manuals but i think that zumbini is like it, it's good because like i think I don't know. I think that forcing kids to like really reconcile with some weird ideas is like is good stuff. Like I like I also really like the uh, the yeah. mirror challenge that you have at one point where the mirror challenge the the first level is like super easy. All you have yeah. to do is like find the mirror that's exactly the same as Zumbini and then it starts mixing it up a bit and like like it does a good job of showing you the super easy for babies version just to teach you the concept. Right. If you're a grown man uh, it's a little grindy on the easy levels if you're not Griffin. <laughs> because you do have to get a perfect score three times to progress to the later levels. There's a different so the age first, rating for me. Yeah, so the first, <laughs> so if you're like an adult person, it's going to feel like a grind just grinding through those perfect scores in the easy levels to mm-hmm. get to the challenges. Right. Which kind of sucks, but it's important for kids to like have it explained to them through an easy version. No, I think that's super and then smart. have it. Well, all yeah. sorts of puzzle games kind of like one of the things that they always have to do and the and the best ones do this really well is like slowly layering the the language of their puzzles and and and, and like slowly adding something new. Like I think The Witness is one of my favorite games that does that. Have you ever played The Witness? I haven't played The Witness. Well, The Witness, I, so hilariously, I was able to get way more than Zumbinis, um, <laughs> but which is not normal. Uh, but uh, yeah, The Witness is great because like. They just start with a really simple thing, and they slowly add and layer on, and then you you discover a new way to solve puzzles in a different area, and then that informs how you take that knowledge and you bring it to a different part of the island. And so, like, it's all about kind of like piece by piece, like giving you a tiny bit of knowledge at a time on how things and functions work. One of my favorite puzzle games is Portal, and I remember Mm -hmm. the first time I played that, I had no idea what it was. I just heard, go play this game, and I had the orange box for like Half-Life, and I don't think I'd ever even booted up Portal. And I played it, and I was like Griffith the first time. I was just like, I know what this gun does. I'm just going to shoot randomly and go through these portals. (laughs) Like, I was an idiot. I like, but like, it slowly challenged me, and it's fun. Like, I remember there were puzzles that took me like, half an hour to figure out and then replay the game it takes me 15 seconds because mm-hmm. like the concepts are already in my mind but that game introduced me to concepts that my brain wasn't familiar with and implants them in you so when you're like replaying game it feels easy and like i'm making fun of you a little bit because mm-hmm. like i played this game as a kid i remember it the easy levels feel easy <laughs> but yeah like it doesn't tell you that the bridges are allergic to certain yeah, elements. It doesn't. It doesn't. It like <laughs> makes you figure that out on your own. So like it's I, I I feel like whenever you're doing a puzzle game, like it's okay to be a complete idiot at the beginning if it gives you the tools to like grasp these new concepts that you've never thought about before. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, so I have, I have a question. Um. So when I was a kid, uh, I, I played this game. Not I didn't play it at my house. My house was uh, all betrayals, like betrayal of Crondor and Diablo when I was a child. But um, uh, I was not allowed a real video game machine when I was a small child. Oh, neither so, was like, I. I, I just dad, had. Brother. Yeah. So I just I was the eldest. So like, uh-huh. if you're a younger person, you always get stuff. 
quicker er, quicker yeah. than the older sibling mm-hmm. like my like well, i started rating watching rated hard movies at 11 which means my brother started like watching rated nine hard movies at eight eight right, yeah. yeah exactly it was like oh you're four your 10 year old brother is allowed to play diablo or like watch and watch like your dad play it you're not mm-hmm. but it's like they're doing that who's gonna stop me yeah like who's who's so. gonna get in the way but my point is, so I was, I was in an educational game only yeah. household up until maybe ten years old. Okay, so and then, then what'd you get? Uh, and then I got a PlayStation One. PlayStation One, yeah. Okay. But um, so yeah, so here's my question. So my, my friend who I played it with was this kid named Jonathan. Shouts out Jonathan Gutenberg. Uh, I believe he's actually Forbes thirty under thirty biologist now. And a huge fan of the podcast. A huge fan nice. of the podcast. Hit him up. Let's plug Forbes thirty under thirty as much as possible. Yeah, he's like a biologist. He's like inventing <laughs> some kind of magic science. I don't know what he does. Um, but my point is. I Neither that, does Forbes. I assume that it's because of the Zumbinis <laughs> that he's made it this far. Um, and so my question is basically, like, when you were a kid, did, like, you ever, like, feel like, oh, thanks, Zumbinis. Like, I'm figuring shit out. Like, I'm catching up to the world because, like, I did this. <laughs> there was- I don't think, like, unless I encountered a pizza troll in real life, <laughs> I don't think I would ever make the connection that these are skills that I learned. And I think even now that I'm more conscious of critical thinking... Uh, I don't think you ever, I don't think I ever like make those connections because it's like, it's brain training. Like if you like look at like IQ test questions, like none of those questions are useful. Like identifying shape patterns and what shape comes next. You're not going to need to identify what shape comes next ever in your life. Mm -hmm. But clearly the people who know what shape comes next are smarter than the people who don't and can apply that to other aspects of their life. So clearly, in an abstract way, this is training your brain, but it's hard to find the parallels of, like, what is the pizza troll teaching me in real life? I have no idea, but I know it's, tre- I know it's teaching me critical thinking. I know it's teaching me how to solve problems. He gets no thanks. Yeah, people sleep on the pizza troll. That, make, that makes sense. I think that, that's pretty accurate, <laughs> that it's like a... It's more of, like, a conceptual framework that you get to, like, plug into more than, like, a specific kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Same thing with, like, learning math in school. Like, yeah, we don't 90% use that. of us aren't ever going to use algebra or calculus, but it's important to teach kids this just because it just makes their brain sharper and it makes them... Uh, it makes them want to, like, approach things that are challenging, that seem hard. Even if they don't... If they want to be mathematicians or physicists... Great, you've got that training from high school that you can go. But for ninety percent of the kids in a algebra class, they're just training their brains. They're not learning useful skills. Yeah, no, that checks out. I think that, that that's a really good point. I think I guess that that kind of takes the next thing because I think the the Zumbini is like, like I mean, Griffin got frustrated with it, um, and I feel like okay, a, we can stop talking about <laughs> it. That, not just that, but like, so like anyone could like even a kid. I think that I, sh- I should have been like, yeah, it was easy. <laughs> It was fucking, it was a block in the park. Yeah, but you did, and now we have this, like, really good joke to keep going back to, and, like, that's... I really like the end. I like, my favorite part was the end credits after I beat the shit out of that game, no problem. Um, but no, like, it's um, before a- you get into what you were saying, I just saw, I found an image online that says, shut up and eat the damn pizza, and it's a picture of all three pizza trolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good content. Good content. Okay, um, keep going. But no, my question was basically that, like, I think that you, what you said was really smart. This idea that, like, it teaches kids to, like, confront things that seem hard and, like, be persistent about problem solving. Um, and I think that that's, like, a really valuable thing in one of these games that, like, I think doesn't come out in, like, the humongous entertainment, like, stuff. Your, uh, 
your base your backyard's baseball still teaches you problem solving but it's still like very like oh the snake's too cold and putt putt what are we gonna feed him oh hot chocolate that makes him warm that's that's good problem solving <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's pretty basic stuff and it's not the stuff that's really going to challenge, like, the way you think about problems. Right, whereas... It's going to be, like, uh, cold things become hot when you get them hot things. <laughs> yeah, right. Whereas Zubini's, like, really does emphasize the abstract thinking. Um, that was Putt-Putt Saves the Zoo, the puzzle I was referencing, if anyone <laughs> wants to replay that game. <laughs> if you'd like... I recently bought it on iPad, and I, like, beat it in, like, half an hour. I was like, this game's for babies. <laughs> that game is literally for babies. <laughs> but it is literally for babies. <laughs> Meanwhile, Zubini's, I still have not been able to beat. Like, that's the difference between Putt-Putt Saves the Zoo and Logical Journey of Zubini's. Like, this is this is a real challenge for kids. It's for all ages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I don't see Griffin He said it's for all ages But it was one of the best Imaginable faces a person can make Um, uh, Well do we have anything more We want to talk about with Zumbinis Before we go into our our commercial break I've run through mine you got anything else I don't think I do any any. I, mean, I want to sit with you and teach you some of these puzzles. <laughs> we'll do that after, after the you cast. Yeah. You guys... We'll do a we'll do a bonus cast where we where we uh, we Twitch stream me playing Zumbini. Yeah, we can do that. We need to start a Twitch channel. Anyways, um, so we'll be right back. We're gonna take a quick uh, quick little breaky break, uh, and mm-hmm. we'll be back in a second after this message. This week's episode of the Game Boys podcast is brought to you by Crab Leash. When you walk your crab, the last thing you want is it skittering away after a dead squirrel or some garbage someone left in an alley. Instead, you need to keep that crab close by, and you do that with Crab Leash. Eight individual loops for each leg hold the crab where you can control it, and make sure your crustacean friend stays close by your side and inside your line of sight. Never lose a crab again, and hold on to your best friend. That's Crab Leash. Go to CrabLeash.com and please continue supporting the Game Boys podcast. Crab Leash. Hey, all right. Uh, welcome back to the show, everybody, you internet fiends, you dirty, nasty, game-loving weirdos. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, we're back and we're going to rate some games. Um, so I shouldn't be allowed to rate this one. No, you are. <laughs> it's very important that you rate this one. Um yeah, but we'll start with Neve because it's your game that you brought in. Uh, I feel like you've expressed pretty positive feelings, but Neve, give it a rating five out of five joysticks and tell or X out of five joysticks and tell us why. I mean, it's hard for me to like criticize this game because I have nothing to compare it to that I think like does what it does better. Like I feel like there, I haven't uh, I haven't played any of the sequels. They just look ugly, so I have no interest in them. And this is the one people remember, mm-hmm. but I feel like. I haven't experienced any other game that does this better than it does. Sure, some of the animations are a little slow. It can get a little tedious. Um, It is a bit grindy if you're a more experienced player, if you want to start a new game to get to the higher difficulty levels. But simply because, like, there's nothing that I know that is like it, and it's something that I would enthusiastically recommend to anyone who wants a logic game for their kids or just wants to play it for fun. So I, I'm giving it five joysticks. Whoa. Perfect. That's a perfect score. That's a perfect score. It's just like, what do I have to complain yeah, about? That's, that's great. No, that's that's totally valid. I think uh, I think that's pretty reasonable. I, um, I'll give mine because I want to say Griffin's for last because I feel like it's going to be the best part of the show. Um, so I... Uh, 
I today was like I mentioned before, I was eating lunch with Danny and uh, and, and potential future guest Patrick, um, and uh, we were talking about the fact that I was going to come down and talk about this game, and uh, I spent about an hour between the two times playing the game some more, which heightened my rating. But uh, Danny was like, "So what are you doing on this game?" And I was like, "I'm pretty sure this is the first episode where our guest is just actively trolling us with their game choice." Um, <laughs> was the assumption I was yeah. operating on. But, Which, but no, actually not at no, all. No, not at all. <laughs> like, after I played it, after I had the conversation, like, I thought, I, I think this is, like, a, a really awesome game for children. It's a fun game for adults, too. Like, once it got difficult, like, I was having a lot of fun solving the puzzles, and it was, like, pretty enjoyable. Um, so, and it even had, like, a story that I liked. Like, I like, like, the, like the Exodus story. It's fun. Um, so, I'll give this, like, a four out of five. I just, like, sometimes, particularly. I, I don't like puzzle games that are move as slowly as this one does because once you solve a puzzle and you have to sit there for like 10 more minutes getting frogs across a river. Oh, yeah. Fuck the frog level. It might, I'm, I'm going to... I could step it... The five is ignoring the frog level. <laughs> the frog level is just boring. Yeah. Like, it's not hard... It's just boring. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's tedious and sucks. And then even like other, there are other ones that are kind of like that. Even like the four point nine, like the bridge one, <laughs> like the bridge one. It's like it's a lot of waiting once you figure out what which one's allergic to and stuff. So it's like that. Um, that stuff like kind of throws me out of it. But I think it give it a solid four and a half because like I was having a lot of fun whenever I wasn't getting bored of just like waiting for stuff to animate. And if like long animations are the only problem in your game, like you're doing a pretty fucking good job. And I think you're actually spot on that there's like not another kids game that's really comparable in terms of like what it's trying to do, or adults game really, mm-hmm. except from like something like The Witness. Sure. All right, Griffmaster. Um. Well. <laughs> Drop it, flexi. So dude. like we talked about how uh, frustrating the pizza troll is. Um. I feel like the entire game was my pizza troll, and it kept throwing me back. Uh. But, like, after hearing Neve talk about it and hearing how to actually play the game, uh, I'm taking my score from a 1 out of 5 <laughs> to a 3 out of 5. Um, because I feel like uh, that there is probably a good game in there, um, but I'm deducting points for just how grindy and slow it felt. Like, I felt like if you're going to do a remaster, you can make those animations faster. Um, you can, you know, uh, and maybe that's just a, more of a review for the remaster, but... Uh, it seemed like a, a fun game. I agree that it's probably not comparable to other learning games. So I feel like three to five is a fair and good score for a game that's kind of grindy and frustrating at times. Sure. Um, all right. Well, those are our ratings. Now, uh, boys, we are getting into everyone's favorite segment or pair of segments. Talking Tale. Uh, well, I don't think we're talking Tale today unless, Neve, do you play Undertale? Do you have thoughts on Undertale? I uh, have not been able to get Undertale to work on my computer. Why? I don't know. It's so low res. Yeah, sometimes sometimes games are so low res that there's just no support for like if there's a tiny bug that doesn't work. Oh. It's not like a graphics intensive problem. Uh-huh. It's like there's a bug that just bug. crashes when I launch it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Um, there is a part in Undertale where the game literally like crashes Steam on purpose. Like it shuts the Steam down. It's one of those games. Yeah, it does it three times. Oh boy! <laughs> like the the the. Do you, have, do you have to like go into like the Steam files and like edit a text? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That? They say open archives. Um, <laughs> First, go to uh, terminal. They the villain takes control of the game and kicks you out of the game, and then when you load back in, it's like it's Flowers World now, and like all your loads files are like deleted and stuff. Like it's like that scene that scene in uh, Arkham Asylum. 
where like Scarecrow like gives you the serum and then the Xbox crashes <laughs> and then it starts over the opening cutscene, but it's like uh, you're the one that's been captured and the Joker is Batman. <laughs> I loosely remember that. I was more that of an was, Arkham that City was like, fan. They straight up like make you. This is I. I Arkham Asylum is the masterpiece, mostly because of the scene where it makes you think your console crash. <laughs> Plays the opening cutscene again, except like you're the prisoner in Arkham and the Joker is Batman. That's pretty great. Um, uh, so let's get into. Uh, well, yeah. So that was that was Talking yeah, that Tale. Was talking uh, tale uh, my 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 mini segment where I ask every guest if they played Undertale. Yeah, um, but now let's go to real segments. Yeah, it's good. No, well, I think Talking Tales is a new official segment for the segment segment. Um, <laughs> but now to the rest of the segment segment. First off, everyone's favorite video game themed adaptation of Fuck Mary Kill. It's play it, slay it, delay it. Um, okay. Me, if this game's pretty straightforward, you you can choose. You have three options. You can either play it, which is to say, play the game right now, slay it, which is to throw it in the trash, or delay it, which is save it for later. Um, okay. And so, and by save it for labor, it's just like on my Steam list, and I never play it. Yeah, sure, it's on your to do list. Yeah. Um, but today we're mixing it up. It's not going to be upcoming releases because most of those are dumb. Instead, we're doing children's games from the '90s, boys. Okay. Whoa. Um, All right. So let's first see, let's off, go memory lane. First <laughs> off, Pajama Sam. There's no reason uh, to be afraid. Uh, and I will be reading you the website copy as usual. There's yes. no reason to be afraid of the dark. Fed up with his fear of the dark, Sam transforms himself into Pajama Sam, world's youngest superhero, and resolves to confront darkness. With help from King the Minecar, Otto the Boat, and a host of fascinating characters, Sam faces his fears uh, and learns that it's no need to hide when it's dark outside. Second is... It was a good copy. Yeah, they nailed it. Second is Spy Fox Dry Cereal. The super suave agent, Spy Fox, must find Utterly, rescue all the cows, and stop William the Kid from depleting the world's supply of milk. Using ingenious spy gadgets, keen wits, and daring moves, Spy Fox jumps out on an utterly exhilarating adventure. Oh, that's one I haven't played. And finally, uh, my personal favorite game from the era, Backyard Baseball. Pick a team from the backyard, kids, nice. and play on fields all around the neighborhood. Play pickup games, practice batting, keep track of stats, compete in single games, or a whole season. You can even set the rules. Features all the realism and adult and statistics of adult baseball games. Not true, but with simple controls that even you can master. You are provided with several. <laughs> that's rude. You are provided with several options to start of backyard baseball. You can look in the trophy case for the Hall of Fame information. Click on the bulletin board to start a season. Look at the baseball cards or player information, or choose a file to start a pickup game. Backyard baseball. So, boys, are we? What are we playing? What are we slaying? And what are we delaying? Neep goes first. Um, I hate sports games. So uh, I think I'm slaying uh, backyard baseball. Word. For me, Humongous Entertainment was always about the point-and-click adventure games. I, I never waste my time with those backyard sports games. Uh, unfortunately for them, the backyard sports games made a lot more money than the point-and-click adventure games. <laughs> yeah. So the point-and-click adventure games were eventually abandoned, and they only did the sports games, and then they just went out of business. Uh, but So I'm going to slay... Uh, backyard baseball for destroying a company that I, I really love a lot. Um, I I was always a put put and Freddy the Fish person. I didn't pay a ton of uh, Pajama Sam and Spy Fox. Freddy Fish was always really good. Um, I would have to say I feel like I'm gonna play Pajama Sam because I like the kind of dark tone. Like, it Definitely. was always at night, mm-hmm. he was wearing pajamas, he was Spooky. going on adventure. I kind of like the feel of that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I'll I'll, pl- I'll save Spy Fox for another time. I wasn't as attached to that character. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for me, I'm going to have to also slay the baseball game for obvious reasons. Um, same map every time, guys. Sports games, it's all the same map. It's like playing Pong. Anyways, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, I've already played Pajama Sam a lot, uh, so I'm going to delay it, uh, and then I'm going to play the Spy Fox, because I haven't played Spy Fox. I just Google imaged it, and it looks like the, the James Bond of, uh, oh, yeah. of children's uh, games. Yeah, he's, the, so. he's the Daniel Craig of Humongous Entertainment, for sure. <laughs> and, and I wonder what dry cereal is in reference to. Well, they're taking all the milk. Oh, the milk's gone missing. Yeah, it's the cop. Norm- normally, normally we are missing on the milk, but in this one, the milk is missing. Yeah. Uh, that's a play it for me. Um, that sounds good. All right, well, for me, uh, I'm going to play Backyard Baseball. I kind of gave that away, but it really is one of my favorite sports games ever made. Um, I think it's a almost perfect baseball game. Um, that or MVP Baseball 2005, which I'm sure we'll talk about one day. Um, <laughs> and I will... Um, I think I'm going to delay Spy Fox... Sure. And I think I'm going to have to slay my boy Pajama Sam, which I did not expect when I made this list. Oh. But I've, oh. I've spent Poor so much time with Pajama Sam. You know? Um, you know, all Pajama Sam had to do was hold a baseball bat, and Lux would have gone head over heels. <laughs> not if he, you know, I don't know if Pajama Sam stacks up to Pablo Sanchez, but whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, or, or Keisha, what's her name? The low-key best player. Anyways. Um... <laughs> We don't need to talk. G- giving away some 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 uh, tips, some hot Look, tips. If you're making a backyard baseball team that doesn't contain both Pablo Sanchez and Keisha Phillips, then like you're <laughs> an idiot. Then you should retire. Yeah, you should stop. <laughs> go go work on level one of the Zumbinis. Um, <laughs> um. All right. Well, that will do it for this week on the Game Boys podcast. Um, as usual, thank you to uh, Griffin for uh, being on the phone, helping me co-host the show. He always the best, Griffin Davis, and. Thank you very much, Neve Brook, for coming on the show. Where can our various yeah. fans find you on the web and other times? Uh, you can just uh, just send me a friend request on Facebook. That's uh, that's the best way to access me right now. I'm not super into promoting myself super hard on social media, but uh, just say hi to me, and uh, maybe we'll be friends. All right, that sounds great. Uh, you can. I am not opening that door uh, for myself. Um, but you can definitely add Neve. Your name's Griffin Davis. <laughs> Shit. I can find you. Yeah, we've said it several times. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at ML Surfboard. Luckily, my Facebook has a code name, um, so you won't be finding that. Um, and uh, you can find me, yeah, at ML Surfboard on Twitter. You can look up my videos at Wisecrack, um, also on the Party World Wrestling Facebook page. And Griffin, tell the people where they can find your info before we get out of here. Uh, you guys can just follow me on Twitter or just follow the Game Boys Twitter and you can find me. It's at Shut Up Griffin. Um, I don't know why he's not telling you what it is. <laughs> okay, it's at Shut Up Griffin. And uh, yeah, and then you guys can follow Twitter at Game Boys All right. Podcast. Yeah, find Game Boys Pod. At Game Boys Pod. Find us there. And that'll do it. Uh, thanks yeah, again. Take everyone. us home, Lux. It's hot in this room. Take us home. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Neve. Thank you, Griffin. And thank you to me, Internet. We love you very much. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Zoom beans.